Hey, everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you're listening to Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics, the podcast where we've been chatting about the issues that impact our everyday lives for years. If it seems like there's less urgency in our conversations about politics in these last couple of months, maybe there is. But in reality, I think there's more urgency happening. Right now, our government is working at warp speed to provide the vaccines, medical care, infrastructure, money, and a long list of services, products, and federal support our country and the world desperately need right now. There may be less drama in the headlines, though I'd argue there's still plenty, but there's hard work being done behind the scenes. So what's happening these days? Well, I got my first dose of the Pfizer vaccine this week at a mass vaccination site at the Oregon Convention Center. And I was amazed, amazed at the efficiency, the systematic way they were getting folks through the process. Everyone I met at the various check-in, paperwork, screening, vaccination, observation, and second dose scheduling stations, everybody to a person was professional, calm, skilled, and busy. It was awesome. The shot itself was painless. It was the guy clearly had given hundreds of shots that day, and he knows what he's doing. I felt a little wiped out for a day or so afterward, but overall, not bad at all. Next dose in a few weeks, and then a few weeks after that, I'll be immune. That's going to be an awesome Mother's Day gift for me, right? Now, we're in Oregon, where vaccine rollout is a little stalled, but I'm hoping all my family members will be fully vaccinated by then, too. Fingers crossed, candles lit, breath held, right? So what else? Well, here's good news about the COVID vaccine for pregnant women. Researchers have found the new mRNA COVID-19 vaccines are highly effective in producing antibodies in pregnant and breastfeeding women, and that vaccines offer protective immunity to newborns through breast milk and the placenta. Let's give a shout out to the brave pregnant women who were not included as part of early studies, but decided to be pioneers and get vaccinated anyway. In not good, but maybe not surprising news, studies also indicate that on a global level, more pregnant women died, experienced complications, or delivered stillborn babies during the pandemic than in previous years. And this is based on an analysis of 40 studies in 17 countries that was published this week in the journal Lancet Global Health. Now, these studies did not count deaths caused by COVID. They, it looked specifically at pregnancy and delivery-related complications. And it looks like disruptions to healthcare systems and patients' fear of becoming in, infected at hospitals and clinics may have led to avoidable deaths of mothers and babies, especially in low and middle income countries. Incidences of stillbirth increased by 28%, and the risk of women dying while pregnant or during childbirth increased by more than a third in Mexico and India. Postpartum depression and anxiety rates also rose during the pandemic. Now, I'd say it's not surprising because the whole world has had to figure out new healthcare systems 
you know, basically from the ground up. We've all been frightened to visit the doctor unnecessarily, and we're figuring out how to use telehealth when possible and where available. I think with vaccines in place and a year's experience and how to provide health care under these circumstances, I'm hoping things improve from here. As always, I'm optimistic. Okay, so let's shift gears away from the bad news there to this week's guest. She wrote me a letter that I thought was interesting, and she gave me permission to read it to you. Julie Gonzalez is one of our listeners, and this is her letter. Hello, Jeannie. I am about to start trying to conceive in about a month. I'm currently doing pregnancy and infant research. I own all of your books. The topic has interested me for as long as I can remember and learned a good amount on the medical history of the hottest topics on infants during my evolutionary medicine class during my undergraduate residency. I have a stack of books on child rearing, including anthropological ones, The Happiest Baby on the Block, Bringing Up Baby, Caring for Your Young Child, Birth to Age 5, What to Expect the First Year, Our Babies Ourselves, and The Anthropology of Childhood, Cherubs, Chattel, and Changelings. However, when I excitedly discussed the interesting things I learned with my more scholarly family members, I constantly get back the dismissive, you'll be fine, or there's no reason to be worried. How do I explain to them that I am learning for the fun of it, plus I believe it's good sense to be as informed as possible with anything medically related to yourself, and that it does not stem from anxiety? I am not anxious about having children. I have plenty of experience caring for children. I'm a proud nerd, and this topic excites me. I even plan on getting a master's in social work, but somehow I have not been able to get across that it's exciting and not anxiety that fuels the research. So that was a good letter, huh? It touches on a lot of topics, and I thought, why not invite Julie on the line? So let's take a real, real quick break, and then let's get right back with our guest. Okay, we are back and ready to chat. Let's get Julie on the line. Hi, Julie. It's Jeannie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm getting a little sunny patch here in Portland, Oregon, which is rare and desperately needed. Where are you? Where do you live? Um, I live on the top of New Jersey, close to New York State. Ah, all right. Great. One of my favorite parts of the world. I love it. Haven't been to New York in a good long time now, year and a half, obviously because of the pandemic, and I miss it desperately. I miss it too. I miss the city. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Have you been kind of hunkered down at home? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you and me and the rest of the world. The rest of the rational world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Julie, thank you for coming on the podcast and talking to us. I read your letter before we got you on the line, and I wanted to talk to you about it because I feel like you bring up just a whole lot of interesting things um, that we can discuss. But before we get to the good stuff, I always ask the first big question, who are you and what do you do? So I am... A daughter and a wife. Um, I love my husband. He's great. And uh, I honestly think I'm the only thing keeping him alive. (laughs) 
Oh my he's, he's a very smart man, but sometimes is very forgetful. So ah. I keep him grounded and, and functioning and functioning in the real world. Yeah. And you got yourself a dreamer? A bit of a dreamer? Not so much of a dreamer. I guess he's overthinky. Mm. So he's got a lot in his mind. So yeah. I guess he's more of a thinker than a dreamer. Got it. Got it. And what about you? Tell me more about you. Your Currently, daughter and, and a wife. Uh-huh. Oh, um, as so many are. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm hoping to get into a master's program for social work. Ooh, what kind? I'm thinking about working in a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I watched a video from Mount Sinai Hospital, and mm-hmm. it was um, kind of like how to care for your baby once you bring it home. Mm-hmm. And there was like social workers talking, and I was like, "That's that's what I want to do." Got it. I want to help parents. All right, and social work seems like the way to go. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's probably. I mean, I'm I'm always ridiculously optimistic, but I feel like. There's been so much attention paid lately to the deficits that women as parents experience, women and parents, that I feel like that's going to be a field that opens up. People are going to be looking at issues that social workers traditionally work with, which are, you know, the social determinants of health, like housing and healthcare and, you know, connecting people with the resources that are available to them. And I feel like I really hope we're going to have more and more of that going forward. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting ready to start your family. It sounds like from the beginning of your letter and yeah. And you're doing your homework in advance, which is super smart. And it sounds like some of your interest in the world of, you know, maternal health and families was launched in college. So I'm wondering if you'd tell me a little bit about all those things. Um, well, I, I've always known that I wanted to be a mom, but I did have the luxury in my anthropology studies of taking, um, a history of disease and we did tackle a couple issues that babies have, such as jaundice and um, the whether it was environmentally selected for, mm-hmm. evolutionary, sorry, evolutionarily mm-hmm. selected for. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it just so fascinating, the whole, like, medical process, because growing up, I've had a million cousins, so younger than me, so taking care of a baby, I'm fully qualified to do but like the process of it really started interesting me in college yeah yeah the anth you mentioned in your letter that did you read the anthropology of childhood yes yeah yeah you've got some pretty interesting things that you've been studying most people don't go about the process of starting their family by going back to the anthropological studies. But when they do, it's fascinating. And I think it gives us a 
a perspective of where we are as parents, families, mothers, and women, sort of on the on the timeline, you know? Like you remember the remember the timeline in I don't know. I mean it when I was in school and I'm a million years older than you, we the timeline was big. You know, you you'd do like two inch construction paper all along the top of the chalkboard and then whatever it was a timeline of, you'd do the different lines along it to show where you are. And um, I've, I was always fascinated with that. And when you think about it, parenthood and specifically motherhood along an anthropological or evolutionary timeline, we are in such a fascinating little, little time. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What did you learn in your studies that you know, you could compare and contrast. Can you elaborate on that question? Yeah, I feel like we are in a interesting time of parenthood where we are examining and thinking and um, studying and picking it apart in part because we're really interested in understanding the whole process and doing it correctly but also because I wonder if families of days gone by in you know, the last hundreds and thousands of years felt more natural about it. Maybe they didn't feel like they needed to be so much in their heads. I don't know. I'm wondering what you think. I think that we're finally going back to the way things used to be. I feel like um, over-medicalizing childhood and pregnancy really screwed with us but as we go back to like um swaddling and co-sleeping I think we're we're really reaping the benefits of our ancestors and if we keep going more that natural route I think we'll see good things yeah I agree with you I agree with you yeah yeah well your letter touches on a lot of topics. And um, first of all, what inspired you to write the letter? I'd like to hear a little bit more about it. And then I've got some thoughts about some of the directions that family members are, you know, approaching the topic from. But tell me first, what inspired you to write the letter? Well, I had a couple family members that thought I was a bit crazy for doing all of my research and they thought it came from a place of anxiety, but I honestly enjoy it. And you answer so many questions on your podcast that I listened to and I was wondering about picking your brain. So I went on your website and found your email and sent the letter. And voila, here we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do have some thoughts about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to make the assumption, I'm going to go with, with a two-sided assumption. One is that the people that you talk to about it probably love you very much and are making an assumption that you're passionate about it because you're worried. And they are making that assumption because the topic of women's health, maternal health, parenting, 
um, we don't usually talk about it unless it's from a perspective of having problems with it or being worried about it. We don't talk about it from like an adult. We don't talk about it like it's an adult role in, in a woman's life. And so probably the people you were talking about just made that natural assumption. She's probably worried. That said, the other side of the coin is it sounds kind of patronizing, honestly. When you tell women that they're anxious, especially in the context of motherhood, it's kind of a time-honored way of diminutizing them and their role as mothers and women in general. And people don't generally even realize that they're doing it. You know, we've been kind of trained to say, oh, you're a good mommy. Don't worry about it, which is just, you know, a pat on the head and very dismissive. If you're coming, is that, am I getting close? That's about it. I think you're spot on. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that has been going on for a very, very, very long time. And I think that you can respond in a number of ways. You know, my response would probably be a rather snarky pushback of, ew, patronizing much, but that might not be the approach you're going for. Going for. And you can say to people, yeah, I'm not anxious. I'm just elevating the conversation around pregnancy. Or, yeah, I don't feel worried about it. I feel really skilled at taking care of babies, but I'm really interested in you know, what we're studying about it, Uh, you know, and then maybe even say the conversation around motherhood for as long as we've been talking about it has been kind of in a diminutizing role. We don't talk about motherhood as the powerful role in women's lives, the high management, high skill, high achieving role that it is. And especially if you Combine it with other roles in your life, whether that's school or work or caretaking or, you know, training, whatever it is that you do, when you add in motherhood, you're kicking ass. It's hard. And we, we do it well. It's something that we need to matronize and not patronize, if that makes sense to you. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say when people talk to you about it? I try to convince them that it's not coming from a place of anxiety. And I pretty much word for word say that it interests me. This is an exciting field. I'm a huge nerd and I love all things when it comes to pregnancy and babies and it just doesn't seem to click. Mm -mm. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Now it would be, now what if you were, you know, studying medicine? Well, that'd make sense to them. That's a more traditional way to discuss the topic. But when you come, yeah, when you come at it from a more academic perspective, Hardly any work has been done. Hardly any academic work has been done about maternity and parenting. Very, very little. And when it is done, it's usually done 
in a maternal child health study where the child gets the bulk of the focus. We study motherhood from the perspective of what is her behavior or what are her qualities or traits? What are they going to do to the baby? How's the baby going to be? We're not really looking at the experience from how's mom? How's mom experiencing this? We're looking at the baby. That's what we're looking at. And so people just are not used to having these conversations about how's mom? How does she get through this? What are her best skills? How do we turn this into an experience where we are drawing on her best talents and supporting every everything else that she needs? We don't have those conversations. So it's not surprising, is it? People don't know how to talk about it. They just don't know how. Nobody's done it yet. Well, they have. Yeah, they have. But, you know, it's, <clears throat> I can't remember. I did an episode not too long ago where I talked with um, a woman who studies the period of what she calls matrescence and the statistics around how many studies actually look at this experience is just, it's ridiculously low. It's, I, I don't know the number. It's a number that's so small I've forgotten it, but. I can imagine yeah. in my four years at college, I think I only heard of one um, anthropological study on the anthropology of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even that, I wonder if it had a strong slant towards the anthropology of motherhood as she affects her child. Pretty much. It was kind of like how culture affects the fetus. Yeah. And then when the baby's born, how it affects the baby and growing up. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? And once you're aware of it and you look at, you know, reports and articles and things that say studies say, and then you read what the study says, it's almost always related to the baby. So we are at this point in women's history on that timeline where we have an opportunity to change the conversation. And young women like yourself who are just kind of entering the arena of becoming mothers are the ones who have to be the pioneers. You have to be the ones to sort of uh, point at patriarchy and patronization when you see it and in your own gentle way, call it out and then elevate the conversation. And one of the best ways to do that is to ask people questions about their own experiences and, you know, ask them questions like, what was it like for you when you went from being, you know, a successful businesswoman or you know, having your own life, and then you had a child, what was it like for you? And if you keep asking the questions, people will talk about it. They love to talk about this experience when they're asked. Usually, though, we've been trained to say, oh, you know, it was rough and I got through it, but here's the baby. And then we talk about the baby. We quit yeah. talking about, we quit talking about mom. And, you know, you look around us right now, and here we are in the pandemic with the workforce at home also taking care of and schooling children and the majority of women who are displaced are mothers. You know, we're, 
it's rough. So we are at kind of an inflection point in history. I wonder what's going to happen from here. What would you like to see happen? I would definitely like to see more conversation about women's health. Mm -hmm. I feel like as women, and especially when we become mothers, our health is a second thought. You know, it's, is, you know, does my husband need a doctor's appointment? Do my children need a doctor's appointment? You know, is, are my family members doing all right? And, you know, people get put on the, put women on the back burner. And I would hope that going forward, it's, it's more of a thought. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they always say pregnancy is a miracle and it is statistically a miracle. I just wish that they would stop calling it a miracle so that we could discuss it in Mm -hmm. more detail. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree. Because I feel like women aren't allowed to complain because it's a miracle. Right. We're supposed to stay happy, even if we're throwing up. Stay happy. Stay happy while you're throwing up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have an opportunity, don't you? And you're, you're starting it right now by sending that letter and discussing it on the podcast to encourage um, women, families, friends to elevate the conversation, you know, and, and it starts with looking around at the ways that mothers are discussed and noticing how often they're placed in a diminutized position. Like, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, two of the terms that come up so often are mom jeans and soccer mom. And when we use those terms, are we talking about something that is excellent and hot? Or are we talking about something that's a little, mm, a little less? Generally, we're talking. Yeah. 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 Why, why do we do that? I wonder, you know, it's just kind of a diminutizer, which is so, so common. Yeah. You know, telling women, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's dismissive. You know, it, it discounts women's lived experiences and feelings. And when it's in response to a conversation about pregnancy, parenting, and all that, it's ultra dismissive. And, you know, again, I think that that is at least partly because people don't know how to talk about the subject. They know what they've heard. They trust what their care providers tell them. And that's about the end of it, you know. But what the rest of us know is that maternal health care uh, and maternal outcomes in the U.S. really aren't all that hot, and women should be asking questions. You know, not necessarily because they're anxious, but to make sure that providers and people in the industry keep evolving and checking their patriarchy and listening to women and questioning the rules and asking themselves, really, do we have to do that? Or could we, you know, listen to what women want and provide that? Generally, the answer is, yeah, we could do that. We could listen. Yeah. 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 Well, Julie, what else would you like listeners to know? I think that while doctors are very smart, I want our listeners to know that you need to do your research first. Mm -hmm. I think you should always know what's going on with your health whether you're pregnant or not or 
a woman, I, I think you should know what's up. I agree with you. I think it's important. Yeah. You know, largely because we want to have a healthy baby, but an even larger part is because we're going to have this body of ours, this mind of ours, this soul of ours for our entire lifespan. And we want to be healthy, well, and at our best. You got to take care of yourself first. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big proponent of taking care of your yourself first, then your relationship, because when your kids grow up, if you didn't take care of your relationship, that's gone to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then your kids, and they're pretty resilient. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Well, Julie, are you ready for some rapid fire roundup questions? Sure. All right. The first one is, what role does feminism play in your life? I am a huge feminist, um, but I do like to say that I'm, my viewpoint on feminism is not just benefiting for women. I'm very big on equality. Um, So if I see that a man is getting the short end of the stick for whatever reason, I would speak up about it. Fair. I like that. That's a good, fair answer. Yeah. And I think that it's indicative of the evolution of feminism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. How would you fill in the blank? Nobody ever told me that. No one ever told me that being an adult was so difficult especially (laughs) when you're a woman we're sorry honey we didn't want you to know (laughs) damn it's hard isn't it it's hard it is yeah yeah i i know i know hun it it's hard (laughs) (laughs) but you know what the the beauty is is that it gets more beautiful it's hard no doubt about it i'd be lying if i didn't say You weren't right on that one, but it grows. So as you move forward, it might get harder. It might get easier, but the things that you pay attention to grow, your family, things that make you joyful, things that are beautiful, things that you love, the more that you focus on those things, especially in the middle of the hard times, the more of that you grow and that that is what is worthwhile, I think. Yeah. So one more question. Yep for it. Okay. Where are you in the world of motherhood? I am in a pretty good spot. I'm excited and waiting. I just had eye surgery, so I'm waiting for the all clear to that I'm good to have a kid and I'm back at home living with my mom and she is my rock and I aspire to be as tough and amazing as she is. Mm, That's a nice position to be in. Yeah. Well, Julie, I wish you well. I, I appreciate your sending us your letter and letting us talk about it on the podcast here. And I'll be interested in hearing 
where you go from here. It's you've got an interesting story. Oh, I'm I'm excited to go forward in life and I have to say, Jeannie, I've I've loved you. I have all your books. Oh, what a sweetie. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, readers, you know where to get them, wherever you get your books. <laughs> go to the bookstore, go to Amazon. It's there. Yeah. Well, Julie, thanks again for joining the conversation. And you and I will talk somewhere down the road. All right. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week, everybody. Thank you for listening. And thanks to our guest, Julie Gonzalez, for her thoughtful letter and our conversation. You can learn more about me at Jean at JeanFaulkner.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics. And send me your own letter and we might answer it on the podcast. Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics is produced by Recluse Records. We'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.